<laughs> All right, I've hit recorded amidst four people laughing in my general direction, which I'm very accustomed to, but, but we have a very special show. Let me give a brief introduction. We have Holly Small on the show. Holly, you messaged Fern and I on Instagram and just, you know, uh, to sum it up, hey, let's get some, and this was the question I'm gonna ask. Is it fair to just say like black people, to say, hey, get some black people on the show? I never know what the right thing to say is. That's what, that was my question that you guys started laughing at. What, what's the right thing for, for me to say? I think black people's fair in terms of, of what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna, we're gonna say <laughs> black people a lot and we're gonna say it over and over again, black community, black people, uh, black CrossFit athletes. So I, I think in terms of you using it that way, that's, that's appropriate. Cool, well thanks. And, and, and that's Brian Lowe speaking. Brian, you are CrossFit invulnerable in Northern Connecticut. Yeah, correct. And Holly, what's the name of your box in Atlanta, Georgia again? TFR CrossFit Total Fitness Revolution. <clears throat> cool. And I did your level one. I remember you. Where was that? In, but I don't remember where it was. In Jacksonville, Florida. I Jacksonville. Cool. And then we have Cameron. You are HCS CrossFit. And by the yep. end of the show, you'll explain to us what HCS <laughs> stands for. Um, yeah, I'll give you the reason why I can't tell you why H what HCS stands for <laughs> by the end of the show. But yeah, Cam from CrossFit HCS, Ferndale, Michigan, right outside of Detroit. Cool. And you know this is a special episode because both Fern and I are on with a bunch of guests. So let, let's, um, I think really, you know, like we spoke about with Sin recently and like Fern just said to you guys, it's really, let's just talk. Let's just have some conversations. Fern, I'll let you kick off. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we'll just dive right in. Obviously, social media is an absolute dumpster fire at this point. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I'll give you guys my personal, and we were kind of talking about this beforehand, but I am exponentially more confused than I was three days ago about a whole lot of things. I feel like I fundamentally don't understand society as a whole. And, um, and what I said before we hit record is like, I just feel like we should all have better conversations and ask each other questions. Uh, Cause that's the one thing I don't see a lot of on social media. I see a lot of angry people. A lot of it is absolutely justified. Um, however, I don't know that that's how we progress forward. Right. So it's just like, I, I acknowledge whatever, whatever we want to talk about. Like, yes, probably. I would probably agree with you guys. Like, and we haven't even asked any questions. But from there, it's like, what do we do about it? You know what I mean? Um, you know, so obviously, there's been some stuff floating around um, with uh, with regard to an email chain uh, between close Coach Glassman and, and, a, and a box owner, and, and Sin was on yesterday. Um, but I, I guess I would just ask a very pointed question for you guys, right? Which is, within the CrossFit community, what are your feelings currently? Like, as as so, we've got two. Uh, box owners who from the black community and then Holly, like I'm assuming, uh, I don't know what the makeup of your boxes are. Right. So can you guys, I guess, elaborate on that and then, and then talk about it a little bit. Like, wh like where do you currently stand with just what's going on? Cameron, you, right, you want to go first? Go ahead, Cameron. Yeah. Brian, go ahead. Yeah. All right. All right. I'll go. Um, so we are, in northern connecticut uh east windsor perhaps and it's 
in between a bunch of like very rural towns, uh, our makeup is mostly of the like Caucasian brand. A lot of like moms and you can say white people, Brian. It's okay. <laughs> uh, all right, it's it's a lot of white people. Um, but that's been my whole life. Um, we we get some people that come from a little bit further out, and we get some people that come from our cities. Uh, but are black. I probably have the biggest black population in terms of CrossFit athletes within the area. Um, but I think that's because I'm the face of our CrossFit gym. So it's easy for them to kind of relate and, and drop in and mm. be like, oh, CrossFit is for colored people. Because if you look at CrossFit on a big scale, uh, the games, uh, Google CrossFit, you're going to see you're going to see a white face. You're going to see a white face. You're going to see a jacked white guy or a jacked white girl super sweaty lifting some heavy ass weight or doing something absolutely crazy that looks like that's got no part of me in it uh and to see a black face on a website uh kind of kind of makes them feel a little bit more at home i'm sure uh and walk in and say like hey uh, i can i can kind of relate to you in terms of uh you you look like me uh so this might be for me um so we're predominantly white, but uh, I think we have a good base of black people from the area um, and uh, from like the surrounding cities and towns as well. And then Cam, what about you? So, um, which is funny. I mean, right outside of Detroit and everybody kind of knows Detroit has a big black population. And um, so we, when, I, when we opened up and I have some uh, three other partners, um, my my partner and romantic interest is also black, but we also have two white women that are um, uh, partners as well. So it's three females and one male. And what we found, most of our population is still um, white, predominantly white. Uh, we do have a few black people that are in, but we're we're mostly women. Is in the in our group and i guess it's the same thing as brian was talking about it's the representation of what you see so we have three women owners and slash coaches so predominantly women are going to find us uh more attractive to the market so that's kind of where we're at with that um as we do a whole episode on you being a box <laughs> owner with three women partners and one being <laughs> significant yeah, man, that's, that's crazy it's a whole different thing yeah it's a whole different thing and a vibe the vibe is very different um and we still obviously have male athletes that come in and work out of it it's just a very different vibe from coming from a, a much larger box we're pretty small a much larger space where um that was male run white male ran and seeing the differences in how everything operates so that's just kind of our demographic on how things go and then holly it sounds because uh, just based on the message you sent us it sounds like your community is predominantly black is that correct predominantly black um our is black owned they would have been here but they just had a, a uh, loss in their family so they're dealing with with that and giving them their time that they need um but most of our gym members are African-American, Hispanic, brown, or whatever. Yep. However, we have, you know, I'm considered, I guess, the, the head coach for the gym. Okay. Um, but most of my coaches, it's half and half. I have 
two black coaches and two white coaches that they see on a regular basis, the gym though face is predominantly black. Okay. Um, minority comfortable, I guess you would Got say. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I just, I was just curious. Um, the, the, I don't know the, there's a whole lot of things we could get into, but the, I guess like, what have you guys seen in your local communities over the past? Uh, it feels like 12 years, honestly, since the George Floyd incident. And I honestly, I think it was like a week ago. Yeah. It was like think, less than I two think. weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it feels like a really long time. That, that's just me. It feels like, I don't know. It feels like I live in a time warp and I actually don't know what's going on anymore. Um, but what is, is, is it something you guys discuss in your affiliates? Uh, so w within the affiliate, uh, we haven't spoken directly about it. We've spoken, you know, ab out about protests and, you know, I've let people come to me as, as they see fit uh, because I, I mean, again, just being, black in america the last thing you want to do is be confrontational so like you don't want to get in people's faces you don't want to talk to people about this kind of stuff directly and approach them and trap them and make them feel like they're they're in a corner in your box so i prefer to let people come to me if they want to talk to talk about protests if they want to talk about that kind of thing because the last thing i want to do uh, is make people feel uncomfortable and i, I guess that's kind of the foundation of like why this these issues are stemming is because I feel like that and I've done nothing wrong and but that's like a, a base feeling that you have as like being a black person I guess in the U.S. is you kind of want to make everybody else feel comfortable so that you don't look like a bad guy. I I I think that is a, actually a common feeling. I, I don't care what race you are. I think everybody feels wildly uncomfortable about just having a conversation mm -hmm. with people, right? Like I know, I know plenty of, uh, of people like white and black who feel the same way, who are just like, I'm not talking about it because this is going to lead to some sort of confrontation that I have no desire uh, to deal with. Um, and I, and I think, I don't know what your experience with is, but I, I think it's really hard to have, um, some of these conversations uh, without like, and, and understandably without people getting emotional, right? Because it's emotional topic. So it's not even reasonable to assume that people wouldn't get emotional about it. But then yeah. it's like, how do we have those conversations? Um, and, uh, what about you, Cameron? Do, is it something that that is openly discussed or, or in your, in your community? Well, um, first off, we just got the ability to work out together last i think maybe two weeks now so shit we didn't even talk about that because everybody, just, everybody for everybody forgot about covid right. we're just like oh yeah you probably have me maybe i didn't even ask if your gyms are open yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So, like, like we're still we're still at parks we can't even really go back inside the box okay. so um we're, we're at parks and we're still trying to figure out navigate that whole thing in the first place um so yeah that that's been one issue so now that we've had people back out i agree with brian it's um, a lot of people's escape is coming to CrossFit and, and doing these workouts. So we definitely don't talk about it before class. Um, I don't want anything. Probably a good idea. Yeah. It's not, yeah. it's not part of the whiteboard brief. Yeah. Right, whiteboard yeah. brief. We're going to talk about white privilege. And black. <laughs> yeah. Right. So here's why. Here's why. Um, so yeah, we don't talk about that before class, but 
um, all of our owners have been very vocal on their own platforms mm -hmm. about um, sharing and discussing their views um, and um, about white privilege and about the, the protests and things of that nature so that we make it very clear of what, what we want. And even on our social media platform, we've also done the same is that we wanna make it very clear that we agree with what's what's going on in these topics and such, such and so forth. So that if you're coming to us, you don't assume that we are um, outside of this and we are not paying attention to what's happening to the world. Yeah. We, we find that's important. And after workouts, um, when everybody's breaking down and you know we're just talking and everybody's a sweaty mess and can't get off the floor if anybody wants to talk about it we, we like to talk about it we don't we don't push it on anybody because like you said it is an emotional topic and people might just need that escape for today or that heaviness they don't need to feel but we do we as coaches and owners we don't shy away from this thing so that we can also be that springboard if they need that type of support Mm -hmm. if they if they want to go out and protest and they need somebody with them, they can all they know that we're also there to help support that. Mm -hmm. That's that's important for the for anybody that's trying to have that kind of growth. Yeah, that's cool. And then Holly, what about uh, what about the community at your box? Um, a lot of it, it's you know we don't try to glaze over it. From the beginning. Yeah. I know that when I ask you, hey, how's everyone doing? No one's doing amazing, really. Yeah. Um, and giving them a, an outlet to actually say, look, I'm not okay. You know, yeah. we, we say, you know, Hey, how are you doing? And I say, yeah, I'm fine. I'm cool. And they're not, mm -hmm. um, getting into the workout and understanding like this is a release, but you know, kind of like was said at the end, giving them an outlet to get ready to go to their day because a lot of them are going to places that may not allow them to fully express themselves. Mm -hmm you be able to say that they're not okay and they have to push down a lot of emotions and feelings to get through their day and this is their time to say you know Rusa, let it out everyone's yeah. been very respectful and very accommodating within our zoom classes because as right now that's all that we have at this point Zooms are allowed to open but the list of restrictions and rules it's like, long. yeah that's where our so okay so you guys still have not had the personal interaction yet we've had small interactions on a weekly basis got it um, so whether it's outside or in the park or in the gym with very delineated uh spaces mm -hmm. but not on the regular got it okay all right so i think that gives a, a pretty like good context just for the conversation so and i also want i also want to open it up like if you guys have questions uh we're both open books like i i actually think you're probably hard pressed to find two people who are who are more willing to have wildly uncomfortable conversations uh than jay and i so if there's anything you're just like how do you guys feel about this like I, i'm more than willing to answer uh very candidly so um but on that note what I guess the question I want to ask is because like I, I've I've gotten just a nonstop stream of DMs and texts from a lot of people in the past 12 hours, like both white and black and people who are who are looking at me and saying, what the fuck? Right. And quite frankly, I, like I didn't sleep at all last night. And I got like a like oddly emotional about it because I feel like as a leader in the community, I don't have any answers. And that's typically not where I find myself, right? Like typically I'm the expert. I'm like, here's what you're going to do. How's, here's how you move forward. 
Um, and, and just to be clear, I'm not a stranger to racial tension. Like I grew up in South Louisiana. You know, I played basketball all the way through college. Like Division one, just, Division one, just so okay, Jay. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> um, you know, and it's and it's a conversation and and something that I've is always been present in my life, right? Like it's I've never been like totally surrounded by white people. Like that's just not how my life has been, right? Um, but I find myself with a gross lack of um, of answers. Like I just feel confused. I, I feel like. And then you guys can chime in here, but I feel like society as a whole right now is so incoherent that I don't even recognize it anymore. Um, so I kind of would like what your guys' thoughts are and like, how do you think, A, what do you think the problem is? And then B, how do you think we start having better conversations to provide solutions for everybody involved? Um, real quick before yeah, we yeah, go ahead. that question, I do have a question about you. So you said you were in South Carolina and played basketball division one, uh, well, <laughs> Louisiana. Well, Louis, Louisiana, Louisiana, Louisiana. Yeah. Divi yeah, yeah. division one, division one. Yeah. Yes. Division one. That was the more important part. Though. <laughs> um, and you're not, um, escaping from it. You're not in a, in a void from the racial yep. tension. What did you, what did you see? What did, I'm curious about that. Yeah. So, um, when, uh, growing up my, like my best friend growing up, uh, his name was Victor and it's a black kid. And his dad was the president of Southern university at the time, mm -hmm. uh, which if you've been South, like the Bayou classic, all that stuff. So, uh, and my dad, my dad grew up or my dad originally coached at a, a high school in Jackson, Louisiana, which is, it wasn't all black, but it is a very poor part of Louisiana. I mean, it is predominantly black. There's like a handful of white people. And so, um, you know, that's where I was every weekend, like with the basketball team and doing all of those things. And I did see racism. I've gotten in fights over things that people have said to my friends. Cause I, it was like, fuck you as a person. Like, it's not cool. Like, I don't care how you feel about that. Like, and, um, so I'm not one of these people who's like, I don't see color. Y yes. I think that's a ridiculous statement. Um, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. yes, I, yes. I see color, but I also see them as a person. And like my, the way I've always operated in life is, is like, if you're cool, you're cool. I don't care. Yeah. Right. Like I, I don't yeah. care. Like it doesn't matter to me. You know, like the, the person that I spent almost every day of my youth with was black and I saw him treated poorly and I didn't like it. Right. And then the people that I spent a lot of my college career with on the weekends, on nights, struggling, suffering with, they're black. And I have immense respect for those guys. Not because they're black, but because they're good people, right? They just happen to be black, right? Like, and, you know, I mean, it's not, it's completely accurate to say in college basketball, like, let's be honest, like, whites are not the majority, right? Like, if you're a white guy, like, you're <laughs> right. probably one of the few white guys on the team. Like, it just is what it is. Yeah. So, um, you know, so I, I, does that answer the question? I mean, like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah. Just getting to like some framework of what, yeah. where, you're, where you're coming from and yeah, yeah, yeah. understanding there. However, I do need you to repeat your original question. <laughs> so I guess what do you guys see as the problem? And then what, um, what do you think are, how do you think we move forward? Right. So, so I, and, and I don't even know if that's the right question, by the mm -hmm. way, like I've, I fucking don't know. Like I've, I've just been racking my brain because I'm trying to figure out how this conversation and I don't know how to have it. Like, I don't know. I don't know anything anymore. Yeah. I think the, uh, part of the problem is this like lack of information, right? So we've been fed a history 
that is nowhere near a hundred percent true and been told tall tales and, you know, passed down information over time that puts you in a place where you, you just don't know what's going on. I, I find that, you know, from people I've had conversations with and, you know, even members that have like stayed after to talk with me, like post-class, like these guys have said, they, it, it's like being in a coma their entire life. And, you know, they just got fed like 180 years of information in two minutes. And they're like, shit. And they're up in arms and they're pissed off. And, you know, they're obviously allies in, in terms of the fight and the rebellion. But they're like, they're like, dude, I don't know if I can curse on here, but they're like, sure. what the fuck? <laughs> they're they're like, what the fuck is happening right now? Like, yeah. I, I've, I've never known this was a thing. I didn't know life was like this. I didn't know you go through this on a daily basis. I didn't know any of this. And now that I'm finding out about this, they're like enraged about it. And I think that that lack of information for people, you know, had people known and been privy to this, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago, you know, we could have, we could have been through this and been forward. Uh, but I think just one big issue is that lack of information for people. Uh, my, my wife and, and business partner, you know, she's white and she had, she had no clue about these things. She, the first time she'd ever like experienced anything like that, we were driving in a car, I got pulled over and she goes to reach for my registration in the glove compartment. And I tell her, I say, don't move. I'm like, don't move. I'm like, sit there and don't move. And she's like, well, why? And I'm like, don't move. The police officer pulls up, you know, hand on his gun, flashlight, looking around the window, you know, uh, do you know why I pulled you over, et cetera, et cetera. Like, you know, how fast you were going. My hands are on the steering wheel, 10 and two, you know, eyes forward, answering nice and loud, music is low. And eventually I'm like, uh, my driver's license is in the center console my registration's in the glove compartment. Like, can I reach for it? You know, asking all the right questions and, and being appropriate about the situation. Uh, you know, we hand him the information and he goes back to his car and she goes, she goes, what was that? She goes, why is that? Why was that like that? And I go, that's how it is every single time. Like that is how you're supposed to behave when you're black and you're getting a routine traffic stop, you know, and then I, I proceed to get a criminal speeding ticket for going 10 miles over the speed limit, which I, I'm, that's a whole nother yeah. story in itself, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, um, but, but she, you know, she, we've been married for three years. We've been together for almost 10, you know, but she's just never been a part of that experience. You know, she's, she's a great looking white girl who, when she gets pulled over, she gets a warning. Yeah. So, so it was just never a thing. Can, can I ask you a question? Is that, is that always been your experience with law enforcement? Uh, I've, I've had two good experiences, um, but I was, I was within a group. So like individually, that's so those probably, my those don't even count then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Individually, that's always been my experience. Yes. Okay. Yeah, for sure. My, my experience with law enforcement has been more negative than not. I was asked to get inside of a police officer's vehicle, um, a male officer in the middle of nowhere. Um, 
I've been given tickets for, you know, same thing. I'm going five over. I have a broken taillight. I have, you know, I, yeah. I wish more positive. And I think, you know, I'm also a trainer. So when I talk to some of my white clients who I'm like, I know, I understand if you always had positive experiences with law enforcement, it seems very foreign, but to a lot of, you know, brown people, black people, when the majority of your experiences have been negative, when I see blue lights, my brain goes through a whole different, you know, yeah. thought process try to make it through this unscathed. Understood. And then Cameron, what about you, man? Yeah. Um, as Brian was telling the story, I'm like, is, is there another way we're supposed to react to police officers? Yeah. This, is, <laughs> this is the common way, like, yeah. do, wait for the officer kind of situation. And I, um, my interactions with police officers that are outside of like, I have a friend that is an officer, um, obviously cool guy. Cause he's a friend, but anytime I've ever, let's say if I see lights behind me, I'm like, well, I hope this isn't the time I'm getting taken in. I know I've done, I haven't done anything wrong, but on numerous occasions I've had, um, in Georgia, I went to Georgia Southern for school. I've okay. had my, on my ride down, I would have to, or had my car stripped and just left on the side of the road. That's been like two or three occasions. I've been searched um, or just pulled over and just searched through the car just with the wind, um, with the flashlight, just to check it out on more occasions than I could ever, ever account. I've been walking around um, with friends and have been put in handcuffs and just told to sit for a while until they figure out if I'm the person that did X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And it's, over time, you, you just kind of learn and you become numb to it. And you just look at like, well, this has just got to be what it is. And I have to succumb to this or I will be put in to, or things will escalate if I, if I try to react. And that's sort of what we see um, kind of where a lot of these protests and things start to go to and why many people are up in arms is because we're, what we're seeing is maybe he, he did something wrong and then the police escalated the situation where somebody lost their life. And that is never cool. So then when we're talking about to our community of, of athletes and uh, people that are around us, people who, people who don't know, we're talking about, well, I have to be silent and I have to be completely compliant, even if it is against my rights mm -hmm. as a person, like they can search my things. Like, and they have to, they like, I can't say like, you don't have the ability to do that. You don't have the authority to do that right now. I can't say that because things will be then escalate. Mm -hmm. And we all know that. We know that inside of us. And the people who, who um, choose to try to do something else, then issues happen. And that's the first step of things not being um, equal in this kind of, this kind of yeah. fight. But yeah. So... <laughs> So actually, would you guys mind giving your thoughts on just uh, the, the protests slash riots? Like, however you wanted to classify it, like, would you guys mind giving your thoughts on, on that topic in I general? Know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, think it's, I think it's necessary. I think it's, it's super necessary when you... What, what aspect on, of it? Uh, all of it. Absolutely all of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of you step on people for so long 
you know, you kill so many people and, and they protest peacefully, they protest peacefully, they march, they push for legislation and nothing happens over and over and over and over and over again. And now, you know, things have escalated to the point of violence, especially because we've been in a pandemic and people are unemployed and people are hungry and people are tired and you have this perfect storm of like a, a three week almost attack on like black people with Breonna Taylor and the Cooper situation and then George Floyd setting it off. It's, Cooper, it's all necessary. Uh, I'm trying to, that's, was that the incident in Georgia? Was that, uh, that, that was the incident in Central Park. Um, where the oh yeah yeah uh, sorry yeah with uh, the woman with the dog yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay right I, I forget what the name of the um the young man in the georgia was uh, Ahmad Aubrey. oh yeah yeah that's yes. right sorry yeah yeah okay yeah yeah yep. and he was even before that but yeah yeah that's correct but you you have that perfect storm that sets all of this up so i think it's necessary i mean, you i think that the us is very very lucky and, and i obviously like don't take this the wrong way that that black people after slavery like never once mentioned the term vengeance because in in some sort of other society or like back in like feudal times like you know it's an eye for an eye or or whatever else not once ever have has a black person ever said like i want revenge for what was done to my people we've only ever wanted equality Mm -hmm. And for that to be like such a big, difficult thing, I think that's, that's absurd. We want nothing but equality to be on a level playing field so that we can catch up, not, not even get ahead, just catch up mm -hmm. to, to the rest of the, the white slash people of color. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, <laughs> yeah. I end up a little tight. <laughs> no, well, again, like I, I think it's appropriate, right? Like I, I don't think, I think now is the time. If like, if we're gonna, it, I don't know. There's, there's no better time right now. It's just like let's, let's open up. Like let's just, let's talk about it, right? Because like I agree with a lot of it. There's certain things that I agree with. Like if we're gonna split hairs on like certain things, like I disagree with some of it. But for the most part, I'm like, uh, that was murder. The end. Yeah. Like, yeah. I don't, like, yeah. yeah. Derek Chauvin or whatever the fuck his name is, the guy's a piece of shit. I don't, I don't know how else to say that. Like, the end. Um, I, I don't know anybody that, and it's weird. I don't know where you guys feel. It was weird that because I felt like for one split second, everybody was in agreement about that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it was just like, nope. And I was like, holy shit. I thought, I thought we could all be on board with like, that was a, a completely fucking unjust. We saw it on video. Like what in the yeah. fuck? Right? right. And then boom, it just went, it went sideways. Um, uh, but I digress. I mean, Cam, I, you I look like you wanted to chime in there. Oh, um, no, honestly, it, I, Brian really just hit it. Like that was, what he said is exactly on point of what's going on here. And this, when we start to talk about what happens after, happened after um, Floyd's death and murder is really just telling of 
like where this division started to happen, what you're talking about is this divide is where people are not understanding how far this goes mm -hmm. and what exactly the black community is trying to get out of this. Um, so when, when, it, when it happened, everybody looked at it, it's murder, put that guy in jail, we're, we're all said and done. Black people are fed up. And that's, that's the thing. At this point, we don't want it just to be this or this bad apple situation is what a, a lot of people are starting to say is like, it's just one bad apple. Um, and we got a few bad apples in the bunch and, mm -hmm. and that are police officers and messing up the situation for us. We don't, black people are tired of that because if we keep saying this bad apple situation, then we'll find another one, we put them in jail and then we're good to go. No, there's, there's a systemic problem that is continuing this cycle. And that's where we're starting to get fed up. And when we're talking about the systemic issue and white privilege and things of that nature, then pe some people go, ooh, that's a little close to home. And then we start to get a little division going on. And, and that's where we start to have to, some people like yourself, have to sit back and reflect of like, what am I doing? What is happening right now? I, um, I, so my, I'll give you guys my thoughts. The, here's where I think, uh, police departments in general. So like largely I am a, I'm a supporter of LEO, right? Like I've got friends or whatever. And I'm also in the camp of like racism is a thing. Mm -hmm. Let's anybody who says it's not is dumb. Like stop. Like that is your, your, I don't know what planet you live on, but it's not earth. Right. Um, and it just, I, I want to throw this out there because I'm curious of what your thoughts are. Here's where I think the ball has been dropped repeatedly. And every time it's happened, I've said it is we could agree, like, no matter what group that we're talking about, most people are good, right? Like, doesn't matter who we're talking yeah. about, right? Where I think the ball has been dropped almost every time is I think that police departments in general have done an awful job of keeping their contingent accountable for things that were done incorrectly, right? So for instance, I'll give you, and I, like a lot of my background is in the military. If, if there's something in there called fratricide, meaning like if we were in a combat situation and like we accidentally shot like our own person, like because of chaos or whatever that was going on, I mean, hell is going to rain down. Right. And a lot of these scenarios I've seen videos and I'm like, that person made a horrific decision right there. And whether, whether they did it on accident or because they were scared or, or whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. And that's where I've always been upset is be like, that should have been a prosecution. I call it whatever you want, like negligence, what ignorance, whatever it doesn't, it's, I like to, it's like, Hey, the person who was drunk driving maybe didn't mean to run into somebody right? But you did. So yeah. you have to, there's, there's repercussions for that, right? And I think if you're going to be a law enforcement or you're going to carry a firearm or be in the military, there's a higher, there's a higher standard for your behavior that has to be had. And where I think repeatedly where they've right. dropped the ball is just, just like, well, you know, this could have been justified. We have to do more. And I'm like, no, no, no. Any person who watches that video is like, you got scared. You made a shitty decision. And now, in a lot of these instances, I feel like the police departments have done it uh, to cover it up, which I don't think is right, right? And yeah. that's where I think they've repeatedly dropped the ball, where, like, most people watching and be like, that's pretty cut and dry. Like, that, that is an unlawful shoot, right? Like, you, 
cannot go back and operate. Like the, apparently this German guy had like multiple, uh, long history. Yeah. Long history yeah. of just like not practicing good judgment, right. As just being a shitty person. Let's just put it in that bucket. And that's where I think, I don't know if it would have changed it, but like my personal feelings, like, I don't know what the hell it, why does it take four, four days to charge that guy? I don't know. Yes, exactly. Right. I, now I don't know that it would have changed it. I don't know, but I'm looking at it and I'm like, what are you waiting for? Yeah. Like, I don't understand. Like that is murder. Like, I don't know. Like my six year old, she's autistic. She'd be like, yeah, that's murder. Like, right. So yeah. that's, that's personally where I think the, a lot of that stems from. And, and I do, I, I kind of like partially agree with the, um, um, I think systemic, I think that should be had in a nuanced conversation, right? I'm not saying, uh, I would think I, here's where I would, here's where I would, uh, say, I think within government, right, police, LEO, I think there are some obvious systematic or systemic issues. Um, but I don't know, I don't know that that's prevalent in society, right? Now, I could be wrong, right? I'm not black, right? So if you guys are like, you're an idiot, that's also fair. Right? <laughs> so, um, but I, I would, I would like to get your thoughts on that. Yeah, there's, um, there's definitely some systemic issues that uh, and laws and, and practices that are um, damaging to the black community. And um, an example of that would be, uh, maybe not even a law, but it's just the operation of how some police, police officers or um, police, not officers, but the actual units and the precincts and how they are trained. Mm -hmm. If they're trained in a way and it's understood that they're in a black community, and they have a long history of telling all of their officers that this is an aggressive community. This is a, a high level, high crime area, right? So these people in this community are going to be more aggressive. So if you need to, you need to become or uh, demonstrate the dominance in this community. Mm -hmm. Because if you go to a situation and you look weaker to them, they're gonna trounce all over you. So you need to be more dominant. So when, you, when they come to a situation, and there could, it could be a criminal situation. Let's say two people are fighting outside. They're already hot and heated. And these two black people are fighting outside. They come in and they need to, the police officer feels like they need to, to show their dominance in that situation. And they might, the black people might be bigger. What they're going to do is show their dominance by becoming more aggressive and, and making the situation or inflating the situation. So when that happens, then something bad happens. Somebody's going to jail for a long time over, maybe they were just, it was a bad card game or something like that, some, some dice game. They were fighting, but they didn't need to go to jail, die, lose their life, or go to the hospital. Now, we can say that this isn't something that is um, only in black neighborhoods. However, it is prevalent in black neighborhoods because of how they're taught. Now, what that, what that means, or just a, a simple solution, is to make sure that Police officers understand what a de-escalation skill, skill uh, these de-escalation skills that they can use because in other areas, they use them. We see that they can de-escalate a situation without becoming the aggressor. And that's kind of what's necessary is that we need to understand that we, need, we can find ways and solutions with, that can benefit everyone, but what's troubling us or what's troubling is affecting the black and people of color community more than just the white community. And that's I, yeah, I agree with your uh, assessment of the training portion of that. I think largely 
Um, I mean, if you look at, and I know, I know a lot of people on the police department, I ask them all the time, just like what, like firearms training, just in general scenarios, like how much of that. And it's, it's minimal, which is kind of alarming. Yeah. Right. Like there, there's, I've probably sh- shot more rounds in the military and done more training with regard to de-escalation, And that wasn't even my primary job than a lot of police officers have done. And I think that's problematic when like, if the first instance is to draw a firearm, when there's like multiple steps before that, why, why is that the first thing that you do? You know, like, was it, yeah. was it, did you just not walk up and just be like, Hey, what's the problem? Right? Like, what is going on here? Are you guys fighting? Like whatever. But if I go there as the aggressor rather than, um, you know, like what they should be going as, which is like a peacekeeper, you know, like that's typically how they, in some instances were referred to. Um, I think I do, I do agree with you like that is a problem. Um, and, and now I think we're kind of like past, um, the point of no return. We're like, everybody is fucking scared, right? Like police officers scared, right? Like yeah. the black community scared, uh, fucking everybody's scared. And that's what I was saying when we started is just like, I, I don't, I don't know how to come back from this. I was having a conversation with a dude I went to college with and I was like, I don't know if we how do, how do we turn the ship in, in whatever the right direction is? I don't know. I, I don't know if we can. Yeah. I, I think as a, as a society, uh, you know, we do have that ingrained like systemic racism, you know, within the society. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's not always, you know, that direct, like, I don't like black people or I don't like people of color or anything like that. But in, in the things people do and say in the small actions that they live, you know, the, the small conversation where you can drop an N-bomb real hard with your one black friend and, and it's real casual and, and you're, you're just going to glaze right over it. And even if they say, hey, uh, you know, that's not cool. And they're like, Oh, well, it's not a big deal. You know, they'll explain it away for you. And how can you explain, you know, the pain that that word brings away to somebody? I, sorry. uh, Well, that, that's a whole, like, we didn't even touch on that. That was a, I don't know if you guys like, I'm sure you saw it. Cause like, that was a misfit issue. Yeah, I don't know if you guys, yeah. okay, yeah, so, yeah, oh, we yeah, didn't, we didn't that, even touch so. on that yet, I was just like, <laughs> yeah, so, but, 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 like, as, as a, as a society, like, that's okay, like, almost everywhere, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, you would never be brave enough to walk into, like, a black neighborhood, or, or you know, you wouldn't go to Brooklyn and drop an N-bomb hard, but, you know, if you're, if you're in a white neighborhood, or, uh, I mean, even a, a white group chat, uh, you know, and you have a one black friend, it's easy to, it's easy to kind of live that, oh, well, it's not that big of a deal. Like they say it in songs, they say it in movies, you know, whatever, like racism really isn't alive that much anymore. So, you know, w- we can kind of say whatever we want. And, you know, the, that word is doesn't have as much power. And to everybody else, like them saying, you know, it doesn't have that much power. Okay, that's your opinion. But in real life, and what we're actually going through, Mm -hmm. like it does, it's still just as strong as it was, you know, in the 1800s, in the 1600s, it's, it's life every Mm -hmm. single day for a lot of people. Um, So I I think society wise, when it comes to those like little things, uh, it's easy to overlook them. Because 
because you can you can kind of explain it away like oh it was a joke it's not a big deal like you move on from it um but yeah holly you've been pretty quiet over there trying not to cause too much noise with my my microphone i, I told her in the private chat oh, okay. <laughs> oh I, didn't, I didn't see that just a popping on there yeah it's fine yeah, it was just it was oh. private but anyway um. chime in holly it's you know we're talking about what's the problem and when it comes to law enforcement and I, I'm, I'm my different take as far as my thinking is in our gyms um whether it's black owned black coaches or not um the people don't always feel welcome um in other areas because of conversations that may happen between other members about being comfortable to throw around the, the n-word or to report to a black lives matter that all lives matter um to 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 downplay emotions and reactions from black people and how divisive that can be especially if it's not addressed by coaches you know if someone makes a comment in a class you know talking about de-escalating situation or pointing out like that that's wrong i think that's where some coaches and some owners may be afraid to acknowledge that at that moment we're talking about racism in our boxes you know whether you're predominantly black or predominantly white um, it's important to educate and not you know if someone says something in, in passing or as a joke to educate them like hey that's not okay i don't hate you for it but i'm i'm letting you know like right now like that's not cool just as if to drop an empty barbell like that's not what we do here yeah, yeah got it that yeah. well you made an error we're gonna address it and then we're gonna keep it moving do you do you guys see a lot of that in your gyms dropping empty barbells well, no, <laughs> hell no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'd be like, listen, you're no longer a member and I'm charging you double. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like you're um, racist. No, I, you're I, racist. You could, you, that's all right. You could stay. You drop an empty barbell, you're out of here. Yeah. Um, no. Uh, so my question is more along the lines of, uh, I, I hate the term, but like microaggressions, like these uh, kind of like uh, ignorant little actions like what you guys are telling me right now that just people casually using the n-word i'm like yeah to i me, have no idea i would never i'm like what i'm like to me that is i there i have a visceral reaction regardless of who uses it like i just the way i was raised i'm just like i don't know why the fuck you keep using that word like please stop right um now, I'm not going to tell people that they can or can't, but I'm just like, that's just my personal feeling on it. But do you guys, it sounds like you guys, it happens frequently enough that you're having to address it in some way, shape, or form. Is that fair? Is that a fair statement? I don't, I don't know. Hey, real quick. I've been a member of other boxes. Yeah. Where things were said or, um, you know, I, after... A, another black man was killed and I you know came in and they were like hey what's going on what's wrong and I said well I'm a little concerned that when I go back home my husband may, may not be alive like I don't know what's going to happen today if this is becoming the norm 
And they replied back to me, well, black people are killed by more black people. He has a greater chance of being killed by another black person than a police officer. You know, and it, it, it created an environment that I did not want to be there anymore because it's. Which is understandable. I, I just think that's one of those things where, I don't know, that like, maybe just shut up. Like, maybe just, maybe just not respond, whatever, and just be like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. I, I don't know. But like, sometimes you just can't teach people like social, I don't know. What's the word. Yeah, where I'm just like, maybe your opinion on statistics is not relevant at this current time. Like, maybe shut up. You know, like yeah, I mean that's not even social etiquette. That's just being a nice, a good person, person right? Like, yeah. um, a lot of other people, my members are chiming in. Yeah. Okay. I, I was just curious, um, because I think uh, in a lot of instances, everybody inside we get caught in our own bubbles, whether it's your own gym or whether uh, it's your own city, whatever. Like, because cities are different, right? Like, and sometimes I think you we fail to just kind of pick our heads up a little bit and just kind of look and see what's going on around and realize that like hey like i may live in a bubble whatever that bubble might be i don't know what it is right um but we're so what what do you think the conversation is that needs to be had right so like brian you were referring earlier about you know like the black community is just looking for equal treatment like what and here's what here's the 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 conversation like what can we do like when i mean we i mean collectively like crossfit boxes around the country slash world what can we do to start to have better conversations and start to come up with solutions whatever those solutions might be and do them collectively i think a big thing would be to uh be more sensitive to these to these kind of issues you know, obviously all boxes are like, like many communities, you know, part of a bigger community of the, the CrossFit whole. Um, but to, to be more sensitive to these issues as an individual community would be huge. I, I know personally in the area, I, I follow a lot of boxes, obviously, because as a good business owner and a, a competitive CrossFit athlete, you're you're looking at other boxes and what they're doing and, and how they're advertising and their Instagram posts and their Facebooks and things like that. And, you know, as the week was going on, you know, I'm not seeing posts about anything, you know, I'm not seeing support about anything from all these boxes in the area. And obviously, you know, you, you go on every 15, 20 minutes away, there's a CrossFit box in most places. So you follow all these places on Instagram and you look for the support, you look for them to say, you know, I stand in solidarity, you know, maybe I have a single black member, but I, I don't know, I don't understand, but I support. And there's, there's nothing, there's nothing in the area. There's nothing from people around, you know, they post their black box for blackout Tuesday, I think to not feel left out, but. So what's your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm genuinely curious what you guys feel about that the blackout Tuesday aspect. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the idea was good. I think it was, it was more so for like, like the entertainment industry. Uh, it was good to see the solidarity of a lot of people, but I mean, it's really easy to, you know, take a picture of a black screen and post it and not really put any thought behind it and make it seem like you're, 
you're for the support so that you don't get any backlash. Uh, and I think that that became more prevalent than anything else, because if you have, you know, a post before that, you know, that says nothing about the issues going on. And then you have your blackout Tuesday post, and then you have a, you know, another workout post afterwards or another post personal afterwards, like, okay, like what was the point of your, of your little black square? I, I, full disclosure, like we posted it on our gym, right? I didn't post it personally. Um, and that was because by the time that I felt the same, I said it, I felt it would be disingenuous. That was my personal thing. I was like, the, I, this yeah. doesn't, this doesn't mean anything. This doesn't mean that I am not racist. Like just for a lot of people who are posting it, who are still shitty people right? Yeah. You posting that black box doesn't mean that you're going to interact with people any differently. Like I think a lot of people just posted that to basically to feel better about themselves. Right now, I'm not saying I'm also not saying that you shouldn't post it. Like I, I think a lot of people posted it genuinely out of concern and support. Um, but I but think you're I right. Just, I think, I think for most people it ended with that. Like I did my part. Yes. And that's yeah. like, I had a whole yeah, conversation. I checked the box, everybody. I'm, okay. I'm not racist. And I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, no, that's not how yeah. this works. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like our, our media guy for Thunderbro wanted to do it. And I was like, if you feel like it's important to you do it. But in my opinion, I was like, this is silly. Like, this is like yeah. putting a black box is not the same as, and, and just from my perspective, you know, trying to just listen, like, this is all, somewhat like to be honest like crazy to hear like i'm just like it isn't it isn't like it's one of the uh, from like a white guy growing up in the suburbs like i had a, my black friends like i had sleepovers like i didn't know any different but then you kind of are aware that something's going on but not to the extent that you guys are explaining and then we're hearing and you're right it's like it's culminated in the fact that i'd be like we need fucking revenge like that's like what you said earlier, Brian. I'm like, we're killing everybody and we're taking over this planet. Like, that's how I would feel. Like, I know it's like outrageous, but I mean, if, like you're saying, it's like, you, I, I just, so that feeling of like the black box isn't enough. And then my wife and I, did you guys see that show on Netflix called 13th? Yeah. So she was watching it last night, full disclosure. I was watching UFC, but she had the subtitles on. And I'm like reading it while I'm watching. And I'm like, that was like, I was like, something needs to be done. Like that was like, and, and I think that's why what you said earlier with all this, it is like important because that's partly what it's taken for me to realize like, wow, this is way bigger and way deeper. I think that's the crazy part that I was like, wow, this is like a, some of it's government related, like bills that were passed. It's like, there's a, there's been a plan for the last at least 50 years, you know, so they, they started it at least on the show with Nixon with a couple of, you know, his people. And then it extended through Reagan and Clinton and, you know, um, Trump. And it's, it was like, wow, like there, this has been like in action. And like we last night and I was like, well, wow, like, this is me as a human being. And like, this is, I was like, wow, I'm, this is empathy. I was like, I'm no, like, I feel empathy. Like I was like, I didn't realize I was like getting so heated in bed as she's, yeah. and I'm like, and I was like, what is this feeling? Cause I'm like such a, you know, like, you know, so in a bubble, I was like, oh, that's empathy. Like I feel like 
this visceral like pain and wanting to do something. And I guess my question becomes like, like what do like Fern kind of asked it, but it's like, but really like, what do we do? Like what can, whether it's just as two white dudes or as box owners or as people that have a, a voice in the community, like literally what can we do? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as like, I've had many conversations because a lot of people are feeling white people, including the people in our box and friends that I have um, are very much like you two where they don't, they, they want to do something and they feel empathetic and, uh, about the issue. And what I said is like, there are many black leaders and organizations and communities out there that know what they want. Um, and that's the biggest thing is to, to go to those people that know what they want. Um, there, there are nonprofits all over the place that are trying to do better things and trying to um, move things forward for the black community. So if we're trying to just make these changes of, let's say you just want to throw dollars into something um, as a CrossFit gym uh, and you, you, all these local affiliates or whatever it is, if you have money and you see in where in your local area, there's a nonprofit that's doing fitness for schools or fitness for teens that, uh, that don't have anything like for a football team or something like that. Volunteer your time because they have the idea. They know what they want to do here. They just might not have money for it. Maybe they don't have staffing for it. Maybe um, they, they're so busy with the business ends of it that they can't get more coaches or qualified coaches to kind of, you know, start to get it, get better or get ahead. And it's the same thing with anything else. If we were talking about outside of the CrossFit community and we're talking about mental health. Let's say mental health is, you, is something that is near and dear to you. And a lot of people have that for them. Um, there are places in communities, there's large communities and black communities, one of those things that mental health is kind of taking a back burner because we have a lot of other things that we have to deal with. But there are nonprofits that can help mental health. Go and ask them. Just all you, got, all you have to do is email them and say like, hey, what can I do to help support this? If it's just dollars, then I can give you dollars. It's a volunteer time. I got volunteer time. There's, um, if it's just, you want to be on social media to kind of do stuff. There's all types of social media platforms that, and people that are starting to educate more and more because people are trying to learn. So like you can look at like iron roots athlete is a great, a great resource to kind of understand where things are going. And that's the best way to kind of approach this is not to think like, as you two or the people, or anybody that's listening to it, what can I do? And then go out and start making, trying to make changes that way. That's the black community. The black community has been here. We know what we want. We need help. We need to be lifted and empowered. That's what it is. We need, we need some drummers in the baseline so we can play lead guitar and sing. So, yeah. So on that note is you, so like where my work, so if I'm thinking about, cause I, I was actually having this conversation, uh, it was one or two days ago, doesn't matter, but with uh, another affiliate owner and it was like, Hey, I want to get together next week. Cause I want to start uh, talking about like youth programs. Right. And I was just like, done dude. And so me, I go there because that's easy for me. Like that's the world I grew up in. And I'm like, bro, I'm like, that's easy. Not only is easy, quite frankly, selfishly, it'd be fun. Right. I get to interact. Like I love, kind of like mentoring athletes and going through whatever they're going through regardless. So I'm just like, for me, I'm like, well, where would my skill set be suited best? And I'm like, obviously on the, on the court or on the playing field, like, so let me figure out how to do that. Right. Like, let me take the skill set I have now in my experience and try to help, you know, youth 
like sort it out like because i remember being a youth you're like what the fuck man like i'm trying to navigate this world i want to play at the next level like how do i do that all this stuff you know um you know and i and i saw a lot of guys who quite frankly were better than me but who lived in horrific conditions yeah right like right. I, like i could tell you some stories about like the best athletes i've ever seen ever and i play with quite a few dudes who made it to the league nobody knows who they are yeah. They literally yeah. never made it out. They literally never made it out of the community. Ern, if you just yeah. want to talk about your division one. No, what I'm talking about is like what, another episode. Listen, they were all better than me. Right. Every single yeah. one of them. Right. But you know what I'm saying is like, how do we, how do we start to try to like scoop up those kids and like get them on the right path and get them in a situation where they can succeed, whatever that might be. Right. And then so that they can do that because if they're talented enough, they should be there. Right, whether it's education based or whether they just need to to get out of uh, the projects or whatever, like how do we do that? You know, that's what that's what Steve Labrobi's thing was, just like trying to get it with Steve's club. It's just like, okay, well, how do we do that? So like, that's where my mind goes, just because like that's what I know. Right, and that that it is, it's it's exactly that. If if basketball and improving those athletes, and like you said, there are players that were better than you that didn't get the opportunity as you, then. you can now look at it and say like, okay, well, I know how to coach, or at least I know the steps it takes to get there. And I, here's an organization over here that are, that is trying, maybe they don't know the knowledge that I have. So I'm going to go over to them and say like, Hey, I'm going to like, not impose your power on it, but say like, Hey, let me help out any way I can to get these athletes in a D one school so that they can be better than me and go to the NBA and go do, do some things better. So then that way it propels the program. So it's not just you instituting yourself. And if you were to ever leave, you want to make that program better. And that's what the big, big thing is. You can do that. Yeah. I I think how to, how to help, and necessary steps is, you know, advocate, support. I mean, donate, like, like Cameron said, like if you, you know, do what you can with what you got, but the more we can advocate for black people, like with black people, um, use, you know, your whiteness as a tool to help black people. Uh, we can, it's a long game, you know, obviously so many things have changed and, and over the last week, but, we're playing a long game. Like I I've got a seven year, my son's going to be seven next month. You know, he's obviously mixed race. You know, I don't want him to grow up his whole life and only ever be looked at as black. You know, he's, he's mixed race. He has two different cultures that he's going to be a part of. But right now growing up, you know, you're, you're either black or you're white. So if you're mixed, you're black because you have black in you, you're black and that's it period. You know, and he's, going to grow up in a nation that we can help change the narrative on what being black is. So if you guys can use, you know, your whiteness to help say black people are dope, I think that's huge, you know, and it sounds so simple and, and it's so stupid, but the more white people say, Hey, black people are great. The better off we are. And and it's we like I, no I I listen I'm on board bro like listen I'm gonna make that we, the title of this episode. 
Black people are dope. Black people are dope. Don't do that. Stop. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to work out for you. <laughs> no? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, – so, so one of the things Jay and I have talked about is – you know, I think what we're going to try to do here is just like, as many people want to come along, like we're, we have a, we have a microphone, right? It's just like, you turn this thing on and, and a, like not tens of thousands of people listen to this, but like enough people that have influence listen to the podcast, right? So we're just like, are there other people that you think we should have on the show? Like we have a list of people we think we want to have on the show, right? Like people yeah. that like are mentors of ours, quite frankly, like of Jay yeah. and I that like that have helped us you know, um, that we want to bring on and just get their thoughts and, and figure out like, again, how to have better conversations. Like how to, how do we, how do we start to figure out what the solutions are and, and understand each other better? You know, like I think everybody needs to understand everybody better. Like, like I need to, like, we all need to understand, like, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand how black people in the black community feel, like really feel right. Mm-hmm. There's like, Oh yeah, you guys are upset. And I'm just like, well, it's probably a little bit more than they're just upset, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, um, and then I think on the other side, I think um, I do think it's worth noting that a lot of white people are just scared to have the conversation. Like they, I think a lot of, I'm not because that, like, I've just, I'm not right. Like I'm, I'm yeah. willing to have a conversation with you guys. I like it, whatever people are people, but I do think a lot of people I do. And I don't know, maybe you guys can help here are afraid to have the conversation because I think they feel like simply bringing it up is going to make them come off as racist. Yeah. I, I, don't know I, that, I don't know if that makes any sense or not, but like, I think, I think people are scared to talk about it quite frankly, particularly right now. I think they're scared. I think, I, I think they're scared shitless to talk about it. hundred percent. That's why in the beginning, and I think Fern and I've always been like this. I've said to everybody, it's like, as long as you're coming from a good place, ask, questions you know talk about these you know like the beginning of the episode like what is okay to say i think there's people that don't know and then they kind of just well i'll never talk about that ever again you know rather than just saying hey let me let me just ask what's acceptable what what can we talk about and and like fern said you know we're open books and we're willing to talk about anything for that reason just but yeah yeah i I think what what ends up happening like, like you're saying people are people are scared to be you know considered racist but as soon as you bring up race in a situation with a lot of people they feel they feel that they have to defend themselves yeah. immediately like they there's no actual conversation that happens you you know you bring up race and they go no dude i'm not a racist like i i, I have black friends like uh like i you know, that I, is I, that has always been like the weirdest response to me. Just be like, no, yeah, no, I've like, got black friends, and I'm like, um, I don't know how that's relevant, but uh, yeah, like it's super cringy. Like, uh, okay, like, and yeah. hey, cringy is a white term, bro. You can't be using that, one. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, but like, as soon as that happens, like people get automatically defensive. You know, and then they start bringing up the stats and quotes, uh, like like Cameron was saying, like, oh, well, black on black crime is this, and you know, they start bringing in these numbers to kind of defend themselves. But you're like, hey, man, like I like I I just wanted to open up a conversation. Like I do, I have to start out every conversation by saying, hey, I don't think you're a racist. Let's start talking now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, coming from a, uh, being honest. 
saying, you know, like a lot of people have said to me, like, I don't know. I know this is wrong. I didn't know how bad it was. How can I help? Yeah. What, what do I, what do I not know? And, and going from there, but, you know, you know Ryan's right. It's like you try to want to have a talk about it and it becomes, you know, they feel like you're calling them racist by having the conversation when it's like racism is a thing like there is air and we still have to talk about it. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. I do, I think, I also think, I think it's naive to think that we're ever going to get rid of it like completely. Yeah. Um, and, and because I've been all over the world, I've seen some pretty horrific things um, and it's there and I don't like, it's not going anywhere, but how do we deal with it within our, within our sphere of influence, right? Like how do I make sure that, that I, that I make sure that I am a good human being, you know, like if you go to some third world countries, there's some horrendous shit going on over there, you know, like it's not yeah. going away, you know, like anytime it's, it's been around forever. So I think a, it's just like, yes, it's a thing. I, I don't, I don't appreciate people who are like, no, no, racism not a big deal. I'm like, no, no, it's a fucking big deal, dude. Like, you know, like it might not be for you, but that doesn't mean it's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. But then how do we move forward doing that? It's just like, yeah, stop being, stop putting, stop having your blinders on and let's have a real conversation. That's uncomfortable. Like, and they'd be like, yes, it's a thing. How do we start dealing with it in our, in our communities? Um, and then coming up with a solution. Um, and, and I think, is there something we can do for any of you guys, like at, for your gyms or like with the podcast or whatever, like, I guess like in this scenario, like how can we help you? And if we can't like then point us to somewhere where you're like, Hey, this would be a good thing for you guys to look at. So like I wrote down, where's iron roots uh, athletes? What is that about Cameron? Iron roots athlete is uh, it's a, it's an Instagram uh, page okay. and really what they are doing right now is just trying to connect black strength and conditioning athletes together and um, just try to push that. They're trying to push the, the messages that the black community is getting out there of health and um the health in the black of health community. you said yeah of health. Health in okay. the black community and trying to fitness in the black community so they're they're um posting a lot right now because of what the message is they're trying to um trying to remember what the last thing it, it's a, a lot about what the affiliates are going through and yeah uh, i think they're the reason yeah this one says supporting your gym's de-affiliation which yeah yeah which is a whole thing but yep. it's it, uh, that that's just a brand new platform and then they're they're trying to obviously grow and do things there and there's a lot going coming from that um ourselves we're we're going to be putting out a a shirt that says black health matters um because there are there are a lot of different issues with black women health um uh, particularly that we want to try to um try to uh, inform people about and then uh, the proceeds are going to start going to some funds and then we have a Robin Hood fitness thing that we're we're trying to put into schools um, where it's just, just getting money and being able to support programs in Detroit the inner city schools and things of that nature so I mean buying a shirt and posting it or whatever like that and I can give you a link later on but those things would help us specifically but I think I really what I want is everyone to understand that um, there's no downside of helping black communities uh, with what they want. And it is absurd to me that anybody would argue to not help black communities when they're asking for help. And that goes for any community that is asking for help. If you help them, 
that it doesn't put anybody down. It only brings people up. It's absurd for anyone to have an argument of something else. That I'll, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Anything else? I, and honestly, we didn't even get to some of the topics, and that, and that wasn't <laughs> honest. And that wasn't. And that wasn't. I was waiting for the Glassman question, man. Fuck, <laughs> well, let's you know, let's talk about it, like uh, because I don't, I don't want anybody to think like we intentionally didn't. We just, I thought this was a good conversation. Just um, yeah, but. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about it. I mean, um, so I guess there's what probably were your two thoughts topics. on that. Yeah, well, I mean, there's I mean, there's two, you know. So address whichever one you want. Before we kind of go into that, I, I do want uh, Brian and Holly to be able to do what, the same thing. Like you asked me. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, uh, I mean, for <laughs> me, like obviously being like a gym owner, it's it's push push and plug. Like you know, tag us, post us. You know, the more notoriety we get obviously the better it is for our brand and we can speak out and use our popularity and notoriety to inform others um we we don't have as much going on as cameron with like inner city schools or anything like that uh but we you know we host our pride is something you know i i just got in my uh my time hop you know we do a pride workout every year um to support in june um because obviously we're allies for that kind of stuff so to be able to create something for the black community as well. You know, some, some workouts, some hero workouts or create a fundraiser in that sense to donate to the appropriate places I think is, is huge for us. And that's where we're trying to go with, with all this stuff. Um, even with this whole, you know, COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, people being closed down and, you know, memberships being a little bit low, you know, we, we still want to push for that support and donate as much as we can to the proper places. Cool. Uh, and then Hollywood, anything for you specifically for um, your gym? I feel like I'm thinking back from both of their statements because having this conversation, continuing to have more conversations like this, so it becomes a little less uncomfortable for people. You know, all to this podcast frequently, and I recommend it to a variety of people. Um, and then showing as an example of how you're taking what you heard and learned and showing like you how they can continue to help black me because we are our hand out help and we're trying to help ourselves and work hard to make life better for look like us for our general communities uh, but take an extra step in showing people like this is how you continue to help and reach out for people who don't know how to have a conversation or don't know how they can do to help who has a chihuahua? <laughs> I I have three Shiba Inus, and the I need girl, to see I need to see one of these dogs. <laughs> I, I, yes, I will absolutely show you. But yeah. um, well, so, so I don't know, obviously. Like, so wait, but can I say something? Like I don't know, like when like what jokes are allowed to even be made? Because Brian is the whitest dude on this podcast right now. He's got three, <laughs> three, three Shiba Inus. <laughs> <laughs> Using the word dope, I mean, come on. It's 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 my it's my culture. I've I've only been in this like rural suburban area, majority dominated by white people. Uh, so you know, you you talk to fit in, and you live that life. I'm you know. <laughs> that, I think this is more of a your your wife told you you're doing something, Brian, and you're doing it, and that's what, that's how you wind up with three three of those dogs. 
with three of yes one would have been nice for me three is definitely her <laughs> well obviously you guys have open invitation to send us anything that you think that we can push out to the community like just send it our way we're happy to share it um, i'm getting yelled at by my wife uh which is probably and it's probably you probably deserve it but um yeah but yeah the uh anything you want us to share send it over we're happy to we're happy to do that um but um yeah i mean open mic guys like anything you want to address um yeah i'm anxious to hear <laughs> the, the glassman thing and uh has been really interesting so um jason you said jay you said you you hadn't read the earlier comment uh I, you, the only reason I saw it this morning was because my wife, uh, we're friends with Steph Hammerman, and she had posted like a really, I wouldn't say negative, but you know she was very upset about it. And then I then looked into it. But if you if you don't listen to our podcast, I deleted Instagram and Facebook from my phone, so I can still check it. I still have it. I still post, but it's not it's not on my phone, so I don't check it as often. So I didn't. I went on and saw the comment was made uh, Floyd nineteen. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, uh, I guess it originated from the, uh, the response to rocket CrossFit, um, was the, the first thing that would, and, um, the person those were connected. No, they, they weren't connected, but they happened so quickly together. Okay. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it, it's important to kind of note how it built. Yeah, 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 I just, oh, I thought, okay, yeah, yeah, no, I agree, like, there was back-to-back, -back and you're like, oh, God, uh, <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah, but, I, yeah, okay, yeah, I didn't, sorry. No, it's, um, so, originally, um, uh, I read the response from Glassman to the Rocket CrossFit, uh, I guess, I'm gonna say owner or coach, I'm not sure. Who I'm pretty sure it was an owner, pretty sure yeah. it was an owner, yeah. So, uh, the Rocket CrossFit owner, and I saw the response, I was like, whew, that is, uh, that is, pretty snarky kind of reply but at the same time I, I i'm thinking like well it doesn't really have anything to do with any of the racist racial racial issues there must have been something in your email that uh you didn't like so then i read the 40 page manuscript of an email <laughs> it, it, it was it was lengthy it was long it was well, long she's a, i did some research she's a writer yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, right. It was well written for sure. So I, I read that and um, I, and my biggest issue with that and the reason why Glassman could um, respond that way is because it didn't support or um, really push black lives or the black community. It more supported wh who she was in the CrossFit community and um, what losing her meant instead of what losing black people or not gaining black people or helping the black or health community in, at large. So that's the only reason why you could say that like uh, Glassman could respond that way. If you, if you put people first, then you, he couldn't have responded in, in such a negative light. So I agree I, with you 1,000%. Yeah, that's like a that, really that, good that, summary that's, of that. Yeah, that's actually better than I was ever have put it. Uh, but yeah, that email, now that you say that, that we have a thing in um, on seminar staff, which is like when you're talking and when you're presenting, like it shouldn't be about you. And yes. now that you say that, now that you say that, that statement comes back to me now, and I'm like, that email was about her. Yeah. Only. Only. A hundred percent. Yeah. And I was, and so people were just like, I can't believe he would respond to that, and I'm just like, 
what what rock have you been living under <laughs> that you think he wouldn't respond like that? I don't, like, yeah, what, yeah. you know, like I, you can be angry about it. You can be upset, but I don't, I don't know that shocked is the appropriate emotion for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And that, that, so that reading, doing that, and then I, I wrote up a thing about it and it's um that, that was kind of my thought in saying that CrossFit is still have, has done a lot for the black community and the health community and health and fitness. And um, I don't think people really understand what health and fitness looked like before CrossFit became huge, but alley lifting wasn't big before <laughs> CrossFit. And, and that, that is an important thing to understand. It was about that. as prevalent as curling in the Olympics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, you, no one knew those names. You don't know Maddie Rogers. You don't know all these other, you know, Kendrick Ferris and all that stuff. I mean, they yep. were big, but, no one had a clue. Um, and then CrossFit changed so that there's a lot of different paradigms of fitness that people were starting to get into. So, and, and there's a whole track we could go down with that. And then wake up this morning and, and Glassman says the uh, Floyd 19 and I, I just sit back and it's like, well, CrossFit did all the same things. CrossFit is still the methodology is great. And um, all of the, the, the means for how you can get into it affiliated and all of that stuff. Beautiful. However, as the owner of CrossFit saying that and kind of making light of what the situation is, it really put us in a struggle of what to do next. And we're still trying to navigate what, what we're going to do next and how we feel about that. Uh, because it really does put us in a spot where like, well, if the owner is really kind of still making light, not understanding what the situation is about, then we, and doesn't take themselves out of the situation, we might have to do or do something different. And we're still trying to figure out what that is, but that really kind of set us in a whole different mindset of just because we understand and know the CrossFit methodology and philosophy and we believe that, but the owner is putting us in a really weird spot. So yeah, that's yeah. uh our <clears throat> I I had you know had some conversations with people yesterday and like late last night about some of this stuff last last year was it when that uh owner coach ceo had said something against like uh the gay community right on twitter oh, right? um that's two years ago yeah russell yeah. burger yeah he was the i forget what his title was but yeah yeah <clears throat> but i mean that happened and like crossfit came out swinging man like they were like like nah like fuck that like we're we're pro gay, like, like, let's go, like LGBTQ, everything, like, mm -hmm. uh, it, they were all about it. And it was so quick. And they were so aggressive about how they treated that. And with something like this, you, you almost expect them to be like, Oh, shit, like, this is, this is really serious. Like, we just watched somebody die, like murder porn on our phones and TVs. And like, you're, you're not gonna like come out swinging for the fences on this either. Like you're, you're not gonna help, you're not gonna say anything, you're not gonna support, like. Yeah, I, I think it was even, I think it was even more confusing because we had literally just had Sen on the show and he had talked about what they, they were gonna do collaboratively. And then it was just like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, so right, can like, I ask you guys going, this question? Going back to like being confused, I'm like now, now 
left is right, right is left, down is up, and up is down. I was just like, I don't, I don't understand anymore. Like, but Fern and I spoke before we got on this, and I guess so. My question to you guys: What did what did that mean? What he said? That's a fair question. Like, what did when he responded to that thread? Is with and correct me if I'm wrong, but it looked like he just responded Floyd nineteen. Mm-hmm. What, what did that? I think the only it's Floyd nineteen. I believe is the exact. Okay, but what did whatever. like yeah. what did that mean? I mean, my, uh, my assumption, you know, thinking like super deep is, is him saying that, that Floyd 19, like all these protests and rebellion is like the same as a pandemic, right? Same BS as a pandemic. Like it's, you know, COVID-19 is ruining people's lives and, and making a mess of things. You know, Floyd 19 is, is the next disease the next pandemic like the next issue that's that's how i took it you know i saw it and i was like i was like that's that's kind of fucked up that you would say something like that like right and and one of the things that so I, when i first read it I, I said the same thing to myself I'm like i don't even understand this like <laughs> that was my exact <laughs> response yeah. i was like what does that mean i was <laughs> like i don't i literally don't know that, i mean that, and, yeah. and just for just for i since we've been on this podcast, I've been getting nonstop DMs and text messages ab- about the topic, like just bombarded. <laughs> and yeah. that, that, I mean, is the, I'm sure is a lot of the responses originally. You look at it and you're like, Floyd 19. What? Not, not <laughs> anger, not, not happiness. You're just confused. Right. Straight confusion, just straight up confusion. And then after the confusion, I mean, if you read the comments, it's, it's, people are upset. And, the reason why is that we have the confusion and he hasn't said anything else. So if we're looking at someone who we're, we're waiting on some type of response uh, about the subject and we're looking at the, it was, I can't remember the organization that posted. uh, I believe it was a national Institute for health, but I could be wrong. So something like that on the lines of that. Look it up. I'm pretty sure it was. Um, But after he did that on the post and they were posting about racial issues and that race, uh, um, um, racism is a black health issue or there's something along the lines of that. And then he writes just that little statement. We're thinking, well, you can't say anything else. And, and now we have this really vague, I'm not sure how to feel, write something meaningful because you've written so many meaningful things before. So if you, if you get, don't let us be confused by this. We can't look at you and say, okay, this person's finally on board. You just kind of wrote a, a thing that we have to kind of say to ourselves, what does Floyd 19 mean? We were at, when we're asking for, it could just be a sentence like, I agree with this, or I, I guess I disagree. But yeah. that, that was say, saying that he is watching and looking at stuff but chose not to say anything except for on this post being very uh, ambiguous. Uh, Holly, you look like you want to chime in there. Ambiguous and kind of flippant. I mean, it sends you a message and then they say, and you're like, not sure exactly what you mean by it, but I'm hurt that you didn't take more time to explain yourself (laughs) or be clear with your message and that you thought that saying it's Floyd 19 was enough of a statement after the bit of silence that CrossFit has had in general. 
I understand the idea. I understand what you guys are saying about, yeah, like if you're going to say something, say something real and say, you know, you have this, you have this, you know, we have an, we have a microphone. His is far greater than ours. And, Mm -hmm. and, you know, I hadn't thought about it, Brian, from your perspective of, yeah, that was, I was telling the story about Russell. I remember it. It was because it was on my birthday and it was my birthday recently. And I was like, I remember going to work out seeing the tweet, finishing my workout and being like, Russell was fired. Like that's how fast it happened. Like yeah. it, was with, it was that I went into a gym and left and like my friend was fired, you know, and like all, all the ramifications of that. So I definitely understand that. I, I spoke to Fern about this earlier. And again, this is just kind of how I took it. And I'd be interested in hearing your, your thoughts about it. You know, COVID-19, whatever your, whatever your beliefs, I think the general consensus has become this was this was important and it's not something to take lightly, but it was a really small thing. And the, the bigger picture was, hey, our overall health and wellness of this country needs to be improved because the immunocompromised are the ones getting more impacted. So it's not COVID-19. It's like, hey, we need to improve the health of the country. We need to get people exercising and meats, vegetables, nuts, seeds, etc. So when I saw that, my initial reaction was like, okay, he's saying, let's not take Floyd, George Floyd's murder lightly. But like we've been saying all, all along, it's like, that's not like the bigger issue is everything we've been discussing. Does that make sense? I mean, am I taking it lightly? Am I giving someone that I admire too much leeway? Like, what do you guys think about that? So, so I don't, I don't think you can be wrong because it was so we don't big. know right yeah you know i i think it's I, up I, for interpretation i yeah i agree with you brian and so like people have been hitting me up they're like what like what are your thoughts literally and i was like i so i was trying to unpack it and like put it together i'm like okay if i was if i was in his brain like what so i'm trying to put history and context together and i'm like again i'm like i don't even i don't know but like if i had to uh make a weird assumption based on what I know, I think it would be like, okay, we know he's a staunch libertarian. We know he basically hates everything government, right? And he's been fighting this fight with uh, the NIH, the CDC, anybody involved in like public health and, and, and health sciences. And the statement that they put, which I believe it was racism is a public health issue. Is that correct? Yeah. 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 Okay. So I'm thinking about it. And I'm just like, I could, I could potentially see where he would think that that was an overstep for that institution, particularly. Right. Cause like, I, I mean, my, to me that their statement is confusing. Right. But, and I'm happy to talk about it, but like, I see racism, like it's a socioeconomic issue. It's a civil rights issue. It's a human rights issue. It is a, a criminal justice issue. Like it's a lot of things. I don't, I don't understand how it's a public health issue. But I'm, I'm happy to have the conversation about what that is and what that looks like. Maybe I just never thought about it that way. I don't know. But at initial thought, I'm like, I don't know what that has to do with public health. But Cameron brought it up earlier. He's like, yeah, there is a ser- there is a, uh, there's some problems within the public health system with regard to I, – I don't know if you're referring to this, Cameron, but like um, the one I am aware of is um, black females giving birth die at a higher rate. I don't know if that's what you're referring to. Yeah, okay. So – yeah, maybe that is what they were referring to, right? But then it was just, I don't know, right? So it's like two vague statements followed by each other, and we're all just like, I don't know what's happening right now. Right? <laughs> you know, yeah. so that yeah. that was my initial thoughts, like trying to unpack it, because again, I'm biased, right? Like 
I love CrossFit and I know a lot of the good that it's done and I want to continue to do that. And I'm trying to make sense of things that don't make sense. And then I'm just lost, like shrugging yeah, like this, like that emoji. I'm just like, literally, I'm just like, I don't know. I don't have an answer for you. Well, I, I, so again, I don't think that you could be wrong in that statement at all because it's so ambiguous, but you know, the, the story we tell ourselves based off of everything else is a hundred percent true with them not putting out a statement for so long and with their, you know, if you glaze over the rocket CrossFit email and, and you know, and don't get in depth, which I, I think Cameron was a hundred percent right with that. Um, you know, you, you can easily make the assumption and go to a negative place first about what he posted, you know, especially as a black community feeling under supported your, your first thought and your first assumption is, is oh fuck, here we go again. Like, like he's, he, he's done it again. Obviously on the other end, you know, what you guys are saying can be a hundred percent true. You know, he can be like really with that, those four words, like advocating like wicked hard and, and making a huge point, you know, that he hasn't said yet or hasn't explained. And, you know, I don't think that that's like way out of the realm of what Greg Glassman would do, but with the previous context of what was going on, it's really easy for someone to go like, dude, like, come on and take it as a negative thing right away. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, again, like it's just so confused because like we, I don't know, man. I, it's one of those things where it's just like, I know things that have been done in the past that people are unaware of. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like really, really good things. And that's why it's confusing. And may, I don't know, maybe like I get, maybe, maybe, and I didn't even think about it until we're having this conversation. We're kind of like batting these ideas around. And it's just like, maybe, maybe like, again, it could go either way. It's just like, there's not enough information for us to just be like, like yeah. whatever he, he could be saying, he could be looking at COVID and be like, COVID is a, is a microcosm of a larger problem. Right. And yeah. then he could very well be saying the same thing. He was like, this is a microcosm of a larger problem. Could right. Be. I don't know. And we're just yeah, like, that, that's the big issue is that like people are like people that are saying he's racist. I think that's far way, way too far. Right. Yeah. I, I could almost undoubtedly I that's not true right. based on things that I know he has done. Right. Yeah. And I just don't think that's true. Right. Um, yeah. Just looking at um, just some history. I don't, obviously I don't know Glassman in, the, in, in any regard like you all do, but um, I, I can't imagine what I've seen so far that he's done and the organization of HQ is done um, being racist. However, it's tone deaf is really what it, it's just, that just that little blurb and we're like you got to give us more and that that's why we're so confused otherwise we have to play games with our heads saying like well i know that he's not racist so what is he really trying to say you all have a different take of versus what we have a take versus somebody who really doesn't know glassman at all and and is not um into crossfit anything other than being a crossfit athlete um or in the gym the, the goers and there's the, those black people are looking at it like well, fuck this guy. So everybody's got to put this up to interpretation. And that's not any way to establish any kind of argument or any, any side of something where you, there's so much like gray area that we have to fill in all the cracks. So that's really why 
Yeah, it's just that's it's just interesting to hear your take on it, and because um, I see a lot of people are super mad about it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't, yeah, I mean, I could see why, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, fuck, yeah, you know. But again, it's one of those things where like, I don't, did we all misinterpret it? We don't know, and it's just one of those things where it's just like, I, I really want to think the best based on all of our experiences with CrossFit that 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 we can assume that that's not what it meant because I, I actually I, I agree with you Cameron like I don't I don't know but yes. yeah I don't fucking know man like the things that the things that have been going on it's like it's like it's society as a whole is so incoherent it doesn't even make sense right like just everything that we're seeing over the past like three weeks it's like stay inside or you want people to die and then it's like everybody go outside and go to these protests i'm like literally yesterday you were telling me that i was going to kill somebody by staying inside but now it's like go protest and it's like yeah <laughs> weed is illegal but it's an essential business is like what like yeah. the cops should arrest the cops should arrest people for you know uh opening their businesses and then we're like let's defund the police i'm just like i don't i don't know anymore like I, and that's and that's why i feel i think it's okay if people feel confused like that that's kind of where i'm at like i am just fucking confused yeah. like yeah. i don't know dude um oh, crazy world man well, <laughs> if after two hours of talking you're still confused for and there's no help there's no help that's, for you that's true too. i never i never i never claim to be smart um just go back and shoot some hoops <laughs> better practice well in in wrapping up is there anything else the three of you would like to add Don't argue I mean, on the internet. Hey, well, that's, a, <laughs> that's, a, that's just good life advice. That, transcends, that yeah. transcends any race right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Holly, you know, you, sure. you were the one that reached out to us for one, and we appreciate it. And I hope anyone that's listening, you know, all Holly did was literally shoot us a text or, or a DM. And um, it was like, yeah, we want to talk about this. You know, we, we want to be part of the solution. You know, and it's it's not just in the CrossFit world, but for me, in the world, like watching that, like I don't know. And did you guys see that other documentary when they see us? Yes. Mm-hmm. Like yep. I couldn't even. I was watching it. This was you know, must have been a year ago now, and I like had to distract. I had to like read while I was watching it because it was like that painful. Like I was like I couldn't even watch it. Like that's yeah. how bad. Like you know what I'm trying to say. Like it wasn't. That it wasn't important. I was like, I literally just can't sit here and watch this. It's it's like heartbreaking to to see mm-hmm. something like that. So I think you know the more things that are coming out like that, and and this other documentary, and then conversations like this, like I'm fired up to to actually do more than post a black square yeah. on Instagram. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So Holly, you know, really want to commend you for. Yeah, thank wasn't, you. Um, you know, we, we could have yeah, came back and be like, no, you know, you're crazy. I remember you from your level one. You couldn't do a muscle up. I know that wasn't true because you're stronger than I am. But, you know, we appreciate you reaching out to us. It was really, it was, it was, it was important that you did. And then thanks for then connecting us with Cameron and Brian, who you guys have been great. I mean, definitely want to talk more with you guys about just affiliate stuff. I mean, working with your significant other and three other women you also mentioned at one point brian that your wife is your partner in the business as well so 
That's, you guys that, have clearly that, figured out something crazy. I haven't figured yeah, out. Like. <laughs> so, but any, but any last words? Let's let you guys take it, wrap it up. I, I mean, just again, thank you to Holly. I, I think, thank you to Holly and thank you to you guys for an opportunity to, you know, to be vocal about this stuff. Uh, because, you know, like we said, in terms of being in person at our boxes, we don't push it on people pre-class or during class. And, you know, we open ourselves up after class but to be able to you know have that open conversation with you guys i i think i feel you know a little bit more at ease to i can take a deep breath now that i vocalized a little bit you know with with a couple like-minded even if you weren't like-minded just in general to vocalize this stuff <laughs> yeah i I'll, i also appreciate you holly for reaching out and being able to do this and you guys for letting us on the the, the podcast um, just same kind of sentiment. Like I like being able to get out and talk to people about it and just, um, and le really just hearing everybody's different sides on it. I don't really care if you don't agree with me about it. Or, um, if you, if you're just like, I, I hate black people, I'm like, all right, well, let's talk about that for a second. I like, yeah. <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit. Right, let's way, unpack what you got going on here. Oh, okay. Is there like a is there like a black affiliate owners group, Holly? Like, how did you just like? She was like this. I'm gonna get some owners that are black. I'm like, okay. Like thirty minutes later, she's like, I got two. I'm like, how do you just like like where do you go to find people? I there mean, is. There are a lot. Oh, okay, okay. So there black, really is. Yeah, black box owners, black CrossFitters, um, because you know, for those members that go into boxes that even though the community is very supportive they don't see anyone that looks like them and you know a lot of people who do crossfit who are, the, who are black when they tell their friends they do crossfit they say that you know that's white people stuff that so they do. Can, if someone is listening and, and they're whatever color doesn't matter but want to find this where where can someone go and, and find a, a group like that it's on facebook yeah, we're all part of a Facebook group um, that we like had just joined recently. I just joined it recently. I, I'm not sure about. Oh, because maybe ready. for maybe for I mean, I was a I coached in Naples, Florida, and there you know may have been one black person that ever came into that box. So yeah, maybe you know that'll be something for them that they can reach out and, and be a part of. Yeah, uh, okay. uh, I, I can't remember the exact name of it. It's been melanin. Melanin well, CrossFitters, yeah, right. That's, that's, yeah. that's yeah. cool. Let me let me ask a let me ask a, a question to you three since you're black. What what does it mean when you say something and then you say pause? <laughs> pause. Yeah. Have you heard? I've seen it happen a couple of times, but I've only seen black people do. It was Kevin Hart, and I was like, and then I saw a fighter last night, Al Jermaine Sterling great great uh, victory over someone that i know here in colorado but he said something that said pause and i was like okay i feel like it's saying like i just said something profound take him take a moment and pause but does it mean something else yeah so i'm watching cameron's face right now. <laughs> <laughs> i i hey, would, this is what the, this is what it's all about asking the questions i would i would equate it to um like when people say like no homo Oh, it's, it's more okay. it's more like that like, yeah. <laughs> listen that's a that's a great i know what you're talking about now like yeah 
Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so like you be, changed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like typically, like if you're like in like a group of dudes and like, like, oh, wow. Like, you know, maybe like they say something about like, oh, like that was like a long, hard workout. They'd be like, oh, pause. <laughs> like because um, because there's a implication of, you know, like long and hard, like I gotta go yeah, back yeah, and yeah. listen now to what they said. I thought it was actually like I took it as completely the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. Mental note, don't don't say anything that would cause you to say pause, but don't say pause either. All right. Yeah. So yeah, don't say pause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're gonna leave that back somewhere else, man. I <laughs> We gotta you don't know, these things up. This if is what you don't understand about. it, don't talk about it. If you don't <laughs> is, it. But hey, what a hey, what I, a great point to wrap up on. Like I didn't know, and I feel comfortable asking. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. Yeah. That's it. And <laughs> anything you, I felt like maybe there was one more thing you wanted to say, Holly. Did I interrupt? Probably, but not anymore. Not after that. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in our. Pause there. We'll pause yeah. there. <laughs> it's our first two-hour episode, Fern. So I, hopefully, most listeners have stopped right prior to that. Because well, we that's, we that's no okay. Because it's probably the, the most important podcast we've ever done. So yeah, that was great. Um, so black people are dope, and that's what you know. We're gonna call it that. No, we're, we're gonna, not. We're not gonna we'll figure out we're something not else. Gonna call it that. But you guys have been great, and you are certainly welcome back at any time. And obviously, please share this. You know, with with anyone you can and, and feel free to have them reach out and then we'd love to hop on this more we really want to use this like you said or you know just having those conversations and talking to people is a great first step and luckily we've created something that does have a little bit of a microphone and we want to we want to use it to provide these discussions so thank you guys so much yeah thank Absolutely. you guys thank for you. everything you do having the conversations what you're doing in your affiliates all that stuff like uh, just a genuine thank you. And uh, and again, I didn't say it, but thank you, Holly, for putting this together. Oh, thank you guys for responding. <laughs> for hearing me. All right. All right, guys. Well, I'm going to wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for staying on. Feel free to stay on for another minute, but I'm going to hit this, this stop button. We're done recording. So thank you again. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. If you haven't already, do us a favor head over to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review. We'd love to hear from you if you have any questions, comments, concerns, feedback for either Fern or myself. Hit us up, day at gmail.com or send us a DM over on Instagram at bestouroftheirday. Once again, we couldn't do this without the amazing community and you are a part of it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting Best Hour of Their Day.